weekend. No one cares about movies anymore. No one goes to the cinema. No one really watches network TV. Everyone's watching Netflix. This show should just be me coming out going, well done, Netflix, you win everything. Good night. But no, no, we've got to drag it out for three hours. You could binge watch the entire first season of Afterlife instead of watching this show. That, that's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer. And it's still more fun than this, okay? <laughs> Spoiler alert, um, season two is on the way. So in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself. Just like Jeffrey Epstein. Shut up. I know he's your friend, but I don't care. <laughs> it's the last time, who cares? Oh. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama, yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your God. And so... It's already three hours long. Right, let's do the first award. The first award. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, that was one of the greatest roasts of all time. That was uh, Ricky Gervais at the Golden uh, Globe Awards. And so damn funny. He gave it to Hollywood like nobody else can ever do. He just eviscerated them, and I was laughing the whole time. Welcome again, friends, to another exciting episode of Liquored Listings. That's right, the host, uh, the show that breaks down the top five categories of anything you choose or I choose. But no matter what, it's the definitive list. You know I'm right. Tell me if I'm wrong. I don't really care because I know I'm right. Either way, I'm just going to have a fun, fun episode today. It's going to be all about comedy. And you guys are in for a special treat because I won't be doing most of the talking. It's going to be so much easier for you to just listen, enjoy some of the uh, funniest people on this planet. So I had a question from a, from a listener who asked me who my... Who do I listen to? I think they understood that part of my life is all about having fun. And my grandfather once told me back when I was younger that he who gets out of this life with the most laughs wins. It's a simple concept. We can't take ourselves too seriously. A lot of what's gone on in modern day society has us all up in arms at each other. But one thing we forget is that it's it's funny. And when you can sit back and think about the humorous side of life and what there is, the goodness in that, 
you're going to feel a lot better about yourself. There's too much, too much negativity in this world. And I believe that comedians have had a rough go of it uh, from all the cancel culture. Do you remember when Kevin Hart, uh, one of the greatest comedians in the world, got canceled from the Oscars? He was supposed to host the Oscars. And thankfully for him, he didn't apologize for it. It was for a tweet he did like eight years ago. And whatever, he's a comedian. And I, the sensitivity crowd, all that bullshit, you're not going to hear that on this show. Cancel me all you want. I don't have much to cancel anyway, so go ahead and cancel away. The thing is, it's all about laugh. We're supposed to be able to make fun of each other. There was a, uh, a Western with Richard Pryor back in the 70s that was all about the differences in humanity and it was just so funny like you have to constantly be able to look laugh reflect upon you know the humorous side of life so that's what the show is going to be about and I'm going to list the five uh, comedians because I like stand-up I enjoy stand-up a lot. I think it's an art form that's very, very, very hard to accomplish. I can't imagine being in front of, you know, upwards of 20,000 people for the best of the best. But even a crowd of 50, all the eyes on you, the lights on you, and you're there to entertain. That's your job. You're supposed to make them laugh. On top of that, you're going to have all these trolls who are drunk, they pre-game before they even, because they're going to be at a comedy show, they think they have to get as hammered as possible before they go to get as drunk as they can. And then they decide that they're the comedian. So while the comedian's on stage trying to make everybody else laugh, so you're following their, you know, their jokes. You got this one schmuck in the background. It's usually a dude, almost, almost 99% of the time. Thinks he's louder than everybody else. <laughs> you know, they try to finish a, a joke or interject. Come on, back the fuck out of there, guy, man. Give us the comedian that we were we were there, we paid to see. We want to hear them, not you, you jackass. Oh, that is so annoying when you go to a show. I can't imagine what the entertainers feel like. Then all you dipshits have your flash on, your phones on with the rings. Guys, cut it out. Turn the fucking thing on silent mode. It's that simple. You're there. You're paying for a ticket. And just listen to the entertainer. That's what you're there for. It's a it's an art form. And they've had it so tough. And with all the cancel culture, like I said, it's, it's increasingly harder for these comedians to get on stage and do what we love. So I'm going to play my top five list and I'm going to give about a five minute segment because comedy yes you can do the Mitch Hedberg which I do love Mitch Hedberg so that's a great honorable mention right there I do like his quick little one-liners you know I don't like I, I like Kit Kats unless I'm with four or more people and all those little funny little quips that he has but my favorite style of jokes tend to be longer jokes i i forget the name of the comedian i just saw him on netflix too a couple days ago uh the russian bear story anyway check that one out but he didn't make the list so i guess he wasn't that important enough he didn't stay true to my head so i'm gonna go through 
give you what I'm listening to now. And, oh, what's in the cup? I'll be honest with you. I got a special, special treat today. I had some main beer company in, so I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a pull. Give you a little uh, going back to our uh, podcast from like three ago, and give you a quick little scorecard. So anybody out there writing it down, we're gonna have a final scorecard eventually here. This is Maine Beer Company's Peeper. Now I love their lunch, and I absolutely love their dinner. Their lunch is your, and you can't even say like everyday IPA because it's so damn good. Um, I haven't rated it live on the show yet, so I'm not going to give you an official score. But just know that Dinner and Lawson's Sip of Sunshine are my number ones. But we're going to give Peeper a try. Yep. That smells like a main beer company. And any of you that you don't know, I'm originally from Maine, so I have a little bias, obviously, with this company. However, New England is known for the best IPAs uh, in the genre at this time. So, pour it into the glass. Oh, yeah. There's definitely lots and lots of fruit there. And it's a hint of pep. Well, maybe more than a hint of pepper. Let's just get on with it. I can't wait to drink it because I'm on a show right now and I want to get in on this one because I want some laughs. I want you to laugh with me, so. Definitely the, definitely that fruit up front. It's good. It's good, but I feel like I'm rushing a score. Yeah. But I'm not going to go into it's nice and hazy, not not overly hazy. It's more golden. We're going to jump right in and just give it an 8.4. And that's your score. Main beer company's peeper. Very good. Not even close to the lunch or the dinner. It's good, though. Nice aftertaste, too. It's uh, it's not lingering too long. So let's get right into this. So being as I just drank the main beer company, Peeper. My first comedian today, and I'm gonna give you a five minute joke from him, is from Maine. And anybody from Maine will know him. Many people from Maine don't really care for him. But it's nostalgic for me since I no longer live there. And for me, his comedy is just pure fun and entertaining. There's a he has a certain comfortability on stage. It's it's so easy to get wrapped up in him. He's when he's live, you can go right along with him. You you can see the characters in him. I don't I don't think this clip has uh, he does his mother, his father, his uncles, and he, he has certain characters that he always does. I don't believe they're in this one. This one's going to be more about the main language so if you're not from maine you're gonna pick up a little bit from you might even hear me say some of these stupid sayings that nowhere else in the country can actually say so we're gonna jump right in at number five this is bob marley the comedian dude don't be such a dank 
nice to be home. Wherever we, 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 anybody here not from Maine at all? Anybody visiting? Yeah, where are you from? Where, where are you from, there, buddy? California. California. Welcome to Maine. What do you think, huh? <laughs> you won't be my friend. You're gonna hear some stuff that's gonna scare you. Don't worry about it. We're all right. We're good people. You know, you a lot of people in Maine. We yell and stuff, and you know, but we're happy. Yeah, this one. That means we're happy. You know. You're gonna hear some stuff that won't make. Here's something for you. Here's one for you. Jesus jumped up Christ. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I guess it's the Lord running hurdles or something. <laughs> we don't say stuff right either. How do we say probably? probably. Right there, probably. <laughs> like a damn chicken, probably. <laughs> Those are the days of the week, by the way. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, M-U-N-D-I, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right back to Friday. Somebody gets uh, screwed on a business deal up here. They got rooked. That's what we say. I got friggin' rooked on that one. Then they want to get in a fight. I'll go, I should go back over there. You don't punch him. I'll go back over there and friggin' deck that bastard. Deck him? Like with Thompson's water seal or something? What the hell are talking about decking him? I'll friggin' deck him. Plank him right up. We'll go swimming off that guy's ass when I'm done with him. Here's what my uncle used to say all the time. I could give two shits. Well, Jesus, aren't you fortunate there, buddy? Got a whole bunch of me. You got some to spare? Is that what's going on with you? And he'd say, oh, I shit you not. Well, you just said you could give two shits. Now, are you welching on a bet? You want me to come over there and freaking deck you? You're trying to rook me, aren't you, you bastard? Won't you give me one shit? I'll take one. You have one. We've both got even Steven. And when something shits the bed there in California, that doesn't mean it really shit in the bed. That just means it's broken. How's your truck? Oh, it shit the bed. The truck didn't actually drive into the bedroom and, you know, let one loose on the bed there. If it did, I'd have to friggin' deck it, you know? Here's one for you. Ain't that cunning? I don't know what that means, but you never tell that to a guy about his new sweater. You know what I'm saying? Hey, what do you guys think about new sweater? Ain't that cunning? He'll freaking deck you. That's right. You're going to tell him he looks fucking sharp. Jesus, you look fucking sharp tonight, Earl. You must be going to John Martin's Manor or something. Some words we got rid of, we don't even use them anymore. Remember this one, Dink. Whatever happened to Dink? I think we're gonna bring Dink back. On three, everybody. One, two, three. Dink! That's right, Dink. Dude, don't be such a Dink. If somebody was a really big Dink, they were what? That guy's a freaking Dinkweed over there. I'm gonna go over there and deck that Dinkweed. 
Well, there's one thing I can say. Take your car to the showroom today. You can have it so cowgirl fix a dent in my vehicle. For me, so... I mean, that's exactly what I was talking about. It brings me back. It's nostalgic for me. It's uh, 100% main right there. We come up with all the most crazy sayings that nobody should ever say. And somehow we make a language out of it. And since I moved out of Maine, it's nice for me to get back. So this co- this podcast is the to- uh, top five comedy shows that stand-ups that I'm listening to now. And what makes me laugh. And he right there, he's got uh, an album called Up to Camp. And you'll hear all of his different characters. Absolutely hilarious. Bob Marley gets his name confused with the other Bob Marley. I'm not quite sure. But I'll tell you what, he he's, uh, he's not quite the dope smoker that I think the other Bob Marley is. So, honestly, just so much fun to get back for me and listen to a main comedian and like I said his presence on stage and his comfortability you can see him in Boondock Saints the original he was the doofus detective so check check him out Bob Marley his stand-up comedy uh his he had so much fun during the coronavirus when it first started he was doing daily updates uh Krona 2020 you gotta check him out Bob Marley I'm going to go in now because I had so many to choose from when I was going through this, but not really. This was actually a lot easier because there are so many stand-up comedians out there, but it was like, who am I listening to now? And lately, I've been listening to a lot of George Carlin at my number four spot. This man was a comedian before other comedians really understood what it was like or what it took to take real modern day, uh, what's the best way to say that? The modern day societal problems and put them out in the open. Sure, Red Fox did it and I nearly put him on the list, uh, but I don't get the same nuances out of Red Fox that I do from George Carlin even though he's just as funny. However, George Carlin really hits me with all these funny little jokes. He can, his political jokes, and this is where I'm going with this one. I'm going to bring you into one of his little political uh, comedy fucking routines. It's so good, so poignant to modern day at the same time. And I really do hope you enjoy my number four here, George Carlin. Now, there's one thing you might have noticed I don't complain about. Politicians. Everybody complains about politicians. Everybody says they suck. Well, where do people think these politicians come from? They don't fall out of the sky. They don't pass through a membrane from another reality. They come from American parents and American families, American homes, American schools, American churches, American businesses, and American universities, and they're elected by American citizens. This is the best we can do, folks. This is what we have to offer. It's what our system produces. Garbage in, garbage out. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens 
If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. The term limits ain't going to be any good. You're just going to wind up with a brand new bunch of selfish, ignorant Americans. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's not the politicians who suck. Maybe something else sucks around here, like the public. Yeah, the public sucks. There's a nice campaign slogan for somebody. The public sucks. Fuck hope. Fuck hope. Because if it's really just the fault of these politicians, then where are all the other bright people of conscience? Where are all the bright, honest, intelligent Americans ready to step in and save the nation and lead the way? We don't have people like that in this country. Everybody's at the mall, scratching his ass, picking his nose, taking his credit card out of his fanny pack and buying a pair of sneakers with lights in them. So I have solved this little political dilemma for myself in a very simple way. On election day, I stay home. I don't vote. Fuck them. Fuck them. I don't vote. Two reasons. Two reasons I don't vote. First of all, it's meaningless. This country was bought and sold and paid for a long time ago. The shit they shuffle around every four years, <laughs> doesn't mean a fucking thing. And secondly, I don't vote because I believe if you vote, you have no right to complain. People like to twist that around, I know. They say, they say, well, if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. But where's the logic in that? If you vote and you elect dishonest, incompetent people and they get into office and screw everything up, well, you are responsible for what they have done. You caused the problem. You voted them in. You have no right to complain. I, on the other hand, who did not vote, who did not vote, who, in fact, did not even leave the house on election day, am in no way responsible for what these people have done and have every right to complain as loud as I want about the mess you created that I had nothing to do with. So I know that a little later on this year, you're going to have another one of those really swell presidential elections that you like so much. You'll enjoy yourselves. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm sure as soon as the election is over, your country will improve immediately. As for me, I'll be home on that day doing essentially the same thing as you. The only difference is, when I get finished masturbating, I'm going to have a little something to show for it, folks. Thank you very much. <laughs> How fucking poignant and honest is that? It makes so much sense. Every four years, we get divided. Midterms, we slightly get divided. It's what goes on every four years. What are they playing at? Who really cares? I love the fact that he can actually say that out loud. And he was so right 30 years ago. Just telling us how it is that we really, our voices don't really seem to matter to those in charge. And he just gets away with it. That's the glory of comedy. They can show us the, the errors in our society and poke fun of it in a comedic way. And it should register in our heads at times. It was so good. George Carlin was a genius. Absolute genius. I'm so happy that I've been listening to him again. It just brings back so many. Because I used to listen to him, you know, 20 years ago when I was a headstrong uh, Democrat that believed in all social this, that. And then I switched over in time as I started paying more and more along the way for taxes and everything like that, I started to switch to the conservative side. But when I listen to him, I can just see almost my whole body going back and forth over time 
And does it really fucking matter? Maybe he was fucking right the whole time. It doesn't fucking matter. You know, we try to do the best we can out there, guys. But that's what comedy is all about. They give us. They give us a lot of information. They give us so much entertainment. And George Carlin, bless you. God rest your soul. Thank you for all the years that you gave us in laughter. That's our number four spot of what I've been listening to lately on the stand-up scene. So number three comes in with the person that I opened up the show with, with the Golden Globes. And the reason I gave it with the Golden Globes to start was because I loved that he just, he doesn't care. He just went after the Hollywood elites. And that's funny to me. These people that think they're above the modern day people, I think that's hilarious. And I loved him shoving that shit in their face. So many of them went to school less than Greta Thunberg. I don't know if I played that on the beginning of the show, but he's so funny. And he was the original creator of The Office, the you guys all, well, he's an executive producer on the American version, but the English version is funnier. Trust me on that. You all have seen the one with Steve Carell. The English version of The Office is funnier, especially for us with a little bit drier sense of humor. But I'm putting Ricky Gervais here at number three. I've been listening to him a lot lately having so much fun with him. He just, he says it like it is. And I appreciate that. I do. It's one of my favorite forms of comedy. So here we go. Uh, we're just going to go with a clip of his on war, racism, and Stephen Hawking. There's a, a little thing going on in a country called Iraq, which is not my favorite war. My favorite war is... Um, <laughs> Oh, so many. Um, they got uh, good for different reasons. Falklands. That's probably the Falklands because um, we won that one, and uh, it was great. It was against uh, Argentina. Yeah, weird. Um, we're going to war with Argentina. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> The reason it's my uh, favourite war is that it, it was a range war. And what that means is the Argentine guns could fire 9 kilometres. The British guns could fire 17 kilometres. So we just parked our ships 10 kilometres away. And theirs were falling into the sea. And we were shelling the shit out of them. It's the war equivalent of holding a midget at arm's length. And he's flayed it, and you're just kicking him in the bollocks, like that. <laughs> Vietnam, best soundtrack. <laughs> Second World War, best ending. That had to be the end, that was a great finale, you couldn't follow that, could you? People are worried about that, they go, oh, atomic energy. Oh, it's bad, the effects are still being felt today, but... Oh, it ended a war, and that's good. And it was discovered by Einstein, and he's a genius. And in his 1903 paper, he said that light could be described as discrete bundles of energies that when irradiated onto an unstable... Ma what maniac thinks like that? Really? I'm not a doctor, 
But I think that's what turned Stephen Hawking's mad too much thinking. Do you know what I mean? The universe is expanding. Of course it is, Stephen. Yeah, of course it is, yeah. <laughs> Take a day off, go for a walk, not a walk, but I mean just no. <laughs> Open a window. Watch a bit of TV. Robot Wars is on. You love that, don't you? Greatest mind on the planet. <laughs> People say, oh, we should never go with Stephen Hawking. Oh, he's a genius. He's not a genius. He's pretentious. <laughs> Born in Oxford and talks with that fake American accent. <laughs> he is actually a hero of mine. Um, not my greatest hero. My greatest hero is Nelson Mandela. Um, what a man, isn't he? He's an incredible man. Um, incarcerated for 25 years. He was released in 1990. He's been out about 18 years now. And he hasn't re-offended. <laughs> I think he's going straight. Which shows you prison does work. I learned a lot last year about one of your great American heroes, uh, Rosa Parks. It was the uh, 200 year celebration of the abolition of slavery in Britain last year. We were a bit ahead of you on that. <laughs> but well done. Um, well done. But the abolition of slavery wasn't the end of racism. Racism was still inherent in society as late as the 50s and 60s in England and America. And it was this one incident that sparked off the civil rights movement. Uh, a young black woman called Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat to a white person on a bus. It was the law, but she'd had enough. And she was arrested for that. But then that law was changed. But she didn't stop there. She started sitting in those seats meant for disabled people. <laughs> She talked to the driver when the bus was in motion. <laughs> Did she have the correct change ready? Did she, bollocks? <laughs> oh, some people. <laughs> so ridiculous. He hit on so many topics in a five-minute span right there. He eviscerated, like, destroyed Stephen Hawking right there. So clever, so witty. <laughs> Let's go for a walk. Robot Wars. Come on, man. Ricky Gervais just has it and has it going. So, honestly, Ricky Gervais, I've been watching a lot of you recently. So funny. I mean, you can list his accomplishments in, in film and television. The guy is awesome. But that's, he's, I've, I've been listening to him a lot lately, and I wanted to definitely incorporate him into my top three. But you all know me. I don't just give names out there for the obvious answers. So I'm going to bring in two as my final two, but it's the truth. I've been listening to these guys a lot because when you see and hear new comics that make you laugh. It's fun. The, and these uh, these fresh too. I don't know if I can consider them fresh. Because I think they've been around. You know at least since 2010. But they're not old school. 
like some of the others that I played before. All of that, all the three previous ones have all been established. You can look up all of their history, but these guys are incredibly funny. My my final two. So, without further ado, I guess I'll just break into number two. Uh, he is the executive producer of or executive director of a high plains uh comedy festival that's in the midwest but he's also been on conan and other late night television had his own show with uh called those who can't he is unbelievably funny and the nuance in his comedy is just so good he's a storyteller and these final two are both going to be kind of storytellers because that is my favorite style of comedy. I don't care if the joke takes seven, eight, nine minutes. As long as there's, you know, quips and little funny things along the way. I love the story. I love getting to the end result. So without without saying any more, I want you to check out, especially after hearing this clip, I know you're going to love him. His name is Adam Caton Holland, hyphenated. Trust me, you better have it hyphenated. Adam Caton Holland. This is Fleas, Adam Haddam. I recently went on a, uh, a bird watching expedition out to the eastern plains of Colorado looking for raptors. There's a bunch of us that met up at the Museum of Nature and Science at 5 a.m. to caravan out there together. It was me and my wife and 12 150-year-olds. <laughs> and they had us gather there in the foyer and introduce ourselves to one another before we caravaned out together. So I was like, okay, um, my name's Adam, and I'm excited for a, for a big day of birding. All right. Got back in line. Now, bird watchers are a very quixotic group. Strange punch. This next guy gets up there. He was an old fella, uh, cherubic, had a big beard, looked like Santa Claus. He gets up there, he goes, <clears throat> I'm Rod, and Adam, I will remember your name through the following poem. <laughs> and then he cleared his throat. He goes, <clears throat> Fleas! Adam had him. <laughs> I was like, is this fucking happening? <laughs> so even though it wasn't my turn to speak again, I got back in front of the group. And I said, hey, Rod, I'll remember your name through the following poem. Rod, what a cocksucker. You've made a very powerful enemy today here, Ron. Sorry, my poem didn't rhyme. I'm a beatnik. Somebody told Rod I was a comic. He was on my dick all day. Tell me a joke. Tell me a joke. It's like, get the fuck out of here, Rod. You burn this. Oops, a little technical difficulty there. Give me one second to break Tell me up. a joke. It's like, get the fuck out of here, Rod. You burn this bridge. I don't have fleas, man. 
He goes, if you tell me a joke, I'll show you all these amazing bird photographs that I took. He proceeded to produce a camera from a canvas bag with a lens as long as my arm. This was easily a $20,000 camera lens, like safari quality photo lens. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'll tell you any joke you want to hear. You want to hear a short joke, long joke, racist joke? I don't give a shit. Show me those photos. <laughs> Told him a joke. It passed this weird rod test. He started showing me these photos, and it, they were amazing. Like, it was clear that this dude had cultivated this skill over decades of bird watching. And I was looking through his photos with him, and just in that moment, the beef between Rod and I was squashed. We were new, unlikely friends out there on the eastern plains of Colorado. Like, Rod would see a bird, and I'd be right on his heels, checking it out. I'd see a bird, Rod would shuffle over the best he could, and check it out. We saw so many hawks, holy shit. I mean, Cooper's hawk, red-tailed hawk, obviously. But, like, <laughs> Swayson's hawk, Harris hawk, Ferruginous hawk, prairie falcon, fucking what? <laughs> but you want to see an owl. You're out there looking for raptors, you want to see an owl. And I was the first person to see an owl. Because, again, my eyes are, like, 95 years younger than anybody in the... <laughs> It's like, Rod, I got an owl. Rod came over, framed it up in his camera, took a bunch of dope photographs that he later emailed the entire group. And I sat next to Rod on the car ride home. And I, I just thought about all we had been through over the course of the day. And I felt really close to him. I felt close enough to produce a piece of paper from my pocket. And I said, Rod, I don't want to be the clipboard hero outside of Trader Joe's but you and I both know they're fracking the shit out of this area. And it would mean a lot to me if you had signed this petition, which really just asks that they frack responsibly to protect the native species that you and I so cherish. And Rod looked at me like I was his grandson. He couldn't have been prouder. And he was like, Adam, I would be honored to sign that petition and good for you for fighting the good fight. Your generation's gonna have to fix this mess. And he signed my piece of paper. And just like that, I became the legal heir to everything that Rod owns. It's, uh, it's called an inheritance transfer form. And you just download them from irs.gov. These old people, they're so lonely and like genuinely confused. I figure I groom three or four more rods. I'll be able to afford a camera lens like that in no fucking time. <laughs> Fuck you, Rod. You don't come at me, dude. I play for keeps. <laughs> See what I'm saying about all the way through? That whole nuance, that joke just keeps on going and it gives. That's what I'm talking about. That's a, that's a newer uh, comic that needs to be heard get out there and listen to him that's adam Caton holland so funny his jokes are all like that too there's they, they just blend and blend they just keep on blending it's so fucking well done so much appreciation for a, a comedy like that uh and i've been listening to a lot of it lately and i hope you guys actually go check him out uh especially his 2000 release of semblance of normalcy you guys really need to just get out there and be like, hey, this shit is good. And I heard it first on Liquored Listings. So there, you, there it is. Number two, Adam Caton Holland on who I've been listening to lately. That brings us to our number one. That's right. 
we always get there and we give the definitive answer. And this one is just funny. This one's going to be just slightly longer, but you are going to laugh your whole way through. And here's why. I love the fact that this is, I've, I've watched a ton of this guy's clips and a, a, a lot of his, and I've listened to all of his stand-up albums and they're all very, very spectacular. You know, if you you should definitely download them on Spotify when you get a chance. After I play the uh, play his clip, I will give you all of his albums to get on Spotify, however, or Apple or wherever, wherever you download your music, whatever they fucking say these days. But there's a heckler in a weird scene in the middle of this comedy scene. That's why I chose this clip over the other ones. Because this one, at number one, is Ben Roy. Absolutely hilarious. He reminds me of, and I know he's been compared to this before, but he's got the a little of Sam Kennison in him, little George Carlin in him. However, see, the, the Carlin comes from the intelligence Inside the jokes, the Kennison is the over-the-top aspect of how he reacts. It's so much fun, it's entertaining, and it's so energetic. Like, you feel electric, you feel alive when you listen to this guy's comedy. And he's another new one, like I said. You gotta check him out. This is Ben Roy, and I'll give a little bit more about him after the show. Why do we give the Mayans so much credit? Yeah, Ben, look at all the shit they built! Look at that! They built that! I'd rather not assign the ability to predict the future based on your construction ability. Because if that's the case, someone at Walmart is a fucking deity, right? Because they built a 260,000 square foot Walmart supercenter by my house in two and a half days. That's fucking impressive. That means Walmart could have built all of Maya in three weeks. Wow. Right? And they're like, yeah, Ben, but the Mayans did it without modern equipment and mathematics, and some of their writings suggest that they had help from aliens. Big fucking deal. Every Walmart by my house was built by aliens. I'm not impressed by anything built by an alien anymore. been sold this idea so that Hollywood could sell you another shitty Michael Bay movie. You want to see Transformers 8? You gotta believe in the apocalypse, sweater vest. That's what's gonna happen. This is what's happening. Quick, quick lesson. The Mayans have a calendar that goes in 25,000 year cycles. We have... Hey guys, Shep? Is everybody... Is there a fight? That sounds like chicks fighting. Oh, God. I need to see a chick fight. I'm waiting for my left testicle to drop. Something about women fighting that could do that. No, but I think it's fucking... You're not... We have a we have a 12, 30 days... That's it. We have 12 months. Theirs is 25,000-year cycles. They're at the end of one 5,000-year cycle. Basically, what you guys are all getting upset about is if you had come home 
on New Year's Eve, and you were like, oh, that's not, oh my god, honey. <laughs> Oh my god, we're on the, the last page of our exotic cars calendar, that? You see, this is January 31st, and then that's just wall behind it. That's a Lamborghini Diablo in that wall. Lamborghini Diablo wall! We're all gonna fucking die! Get batteries, my mail! We're all dead! Oh, no, 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 it's just 2012. Life still sucks. This is what you're getting upset about. See, their calendar, do you guys need Do you guys need some time or do you want a bullhorn that you guys can talk back and forth to each other? You guys should go fucking install, get it out of the way. All right, good. But it's fucking, it's fucking, dude, like, that shit's so fucking, that's how you know the Mayans weren't extraordinary. Because their calendar was 5,000 years long. Why? Because the calendar, reflects how long they thought they were going to be here. Because even the Mayans thought they were the greatest culture on the planet. But not even the Mayans could predict the oncoming stampede of the fluorescent-skinned everything-eater coming across the ocean. Stomping everything in its path, right? Stomping only to put edible tags on anything that doesn't bark or meow in an effort to turn the earth into a giant fucking M&M. That's what we're here for. Here's why I'm upset about it, and I'll tell you why. I was in a wine bar in New York City. Once again, I'm retarded. <laughs> These two old, gold-gilded, fucking rich, wealthy white women are talking about the end of the world. And one of them is like, if the end of the world happens, I'm gonna survive. <laughs> These two khaki raisins honestly said this, so it's amazing. And one of, them, one of them goes, oh my god, Becky, you totally would. And she's like, um, yeah, uh, I would be, you know why? Tish, because I'm a survivor. I grew up in an abusive household, had an alcoholic father who I made amends with, I got out of a very destructive relationship, and now I run a business that oversees $2 million in grants a year. I'm a survivor, Trish. She's like, oh my god, Becky, you totally would survive. You're a survivor. <laughs> That's not who's going to survive the apocalypse. You want to know who's going to survive the apocalypse? Homeless people are going to survive the fucking apocalypse. That's who's going to survive. Yeah, because they're the fucking cockroaches of humanity. That's going to fucking survive. Because you don't need to be good wheeling and kneeling on the phone and cutting red tape to survive the apocalypse. No, it gets simpler than that. You need a stomach that can digest a fucking gym sock. That's what you need. You know that guy that you all scorn and scowl at who's holding the... You know that guy you see downtown, right? Pushing a fucking 90-pound shopping cart in 120-degree heat on 130-degree pavement? barefoot for nine hours a day. Oh yeah, and he's drunk. He's fucking drunk the whole time he does it. That's the guy that survives the apocalypse. Because he's been running an eight days decathlon since the day he was born, right? You can see that guy in an alleyway taking down half-eaten cans of cat food like a pelican, right? Does he have any love in his heart? No, he doesn't, because it wouldn't fit in the fucking car. That's the guy that 
survive the apocalypse. You and I, buddy, we're not going. I'm going with you. Day three, I get dysentery. I'm gone. I get gassy at Applebee's. You want me to eat out of a fucking dumpster? No, thank you. No fucking way will I survive. I'm going out with you guys, man. I don't give a shit. We rode this spinning piece of shit till fucking... We, the Americans fucking partied on it like it was a fucking rodeo horse. We were awesome. We sat on every pole, the highest mountains, for no fucking reason. We just, just like, we fucking partied this bitch up. And now we go. We die. The Bible says it. Back to the Bible. The meek will inherit the earth. To whom much is given, much is required. That doesn't mean a hand is going to give the earth to you. It means that poor people are equipped to handle it. Homeless people and Papua New Guinea. Those are the only people. <laughs> That's it. What's a good day after drinking for you? Let me just prove this point. What, what, what is it? Like a, a sleeve of saltines, right? Maybe some Gatorade and you hit the couch for a flip this house marathon till three in the afternoon, right? When you meet Chad and Bryzer and Zbot or whatever other names they have for each other at Linger for whatever shitty drinks you guys have. What's a good day after drinking for a homeless guy? Less blood in his stool. That's honestly. Look at that, there's only three strands of fucking blood down my shit. I think I'll have four pints this morning. I got some in my <laughs> That's the guy that survived the <laughs> None of us are gonna survive. I can't wait. I pray for that fucking comet or whatever is gonna happen. <laughs> I'm telling you, this guy is an absolute genius at telling a story. You heard it right there. He was interrupted in the middle of it. He made fun of them and he made elite fun of them. Why don't you go to a fucking bathroom stall right now, you pieces of shit that are interrupting my show. And he carried on. I mean, he had the whole, whole place in laughter, even even after his interjections. He just, he spun it around on the fucking turds that were on him. Hell yeah. And that story is so true. <laughs> Think about that. That is so spot on. Oh, I'll survive the apocalypse. Yes, Trish, you would. This is so good. I, I really, guys, I think you guys need to check out somebody that you have probably never heard, but you need to. He has uh, a few albums out. He has I've Got Demons. He's got No Enlightenment in Sobriety and Ooze Your Delusions. I'm sure they're all on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This guy is absolutely hilarious. And it's a spun-up version of so many different people. But there's storytelling involved in his comedy, which is so much more fun for me. Like, he, he can almost put you in that spot when he's telling his stories. So, there you have it, guys. Again, I just gave you the list that always matters. And you checked into another episode of Liquor Listing, so that means you can definitely look over, like, subscribe, easy enough. If you have the donation ability, I don't need much, man. 99 cents, 4.99, 10.99, any of that helps. It keeps the show going. Other than that, if you can't afford it, the first and foremost thing, I would love you to just share the shit out of this show. 
other than that, I want to thank you again because this is Liquor Listings. Don't be cruel. Don't be snarky. Smile. Laugh. It's the most important thing. Don't drink and drive. Love you all. Bigger McCracken. Signing out.